Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, welcome to Roundtable, where we serve up piping hot debates on the issues that sizzle in China and beyond. I'm Yu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang. Coming up, have you ever felt perplexed by the seemingly enigmatic nature of the younger generation? Often mislabeled as rebels without a cause, these young individuals share more similarities with other age groups than meets the eye. Today on Roundtable, let's untangle the intricacies of their lifestyles, aspirations, and how business can harness the power of these young minds without falling into the trap of stereotypes. Also, as the year draws to a close, offices echo with the collective size of employees gearing up for the annual ritual, the end-of-year work summary. It's that time when self-reflection meets managerial assessments, a process often met with reluctance and skepticism. But why does this tradition persist and how can we redefine it for a more meaningful and impactful experience? Stay with Roundtable to find out. For today's show, I'm joined by Ding Hung in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Now grab your virtual compass and follow us to the heart of the discussion. We live in a world dominated by headlines and social media. While they sometimes contribute to mutual understanding, they can also reinforce stereotypes. Although ageism against older folks has garnered public attention, age bias against younger people also merits equal consideration. Think about some typical labels attached to today's younger generation. They are always lying flat at work. They are overspending all the time. They are rebellious and sometimes unrealistic. But is there a chance that these narratives are misconceptions surrounding young people in the age of 2023? So I want to start with Ding Heng. Do you think young people nowadays are, you know, embracing the lying flat kind of spirit when it comes to working? No, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Of course, I mean, this kind of perception has been going on, has been over there for a couple of years already, because when we talk about this so-called tongue-ping or lying flat. Would you, mm. would you define the word or explain the word first? Yeah, it is um, a kind of a internet-centered you know, buzzword mm-hmm. that has, um, has become viral since the year before last year, in 2021 specifically, especially among the younger generation. Uh, the idea is to do bare minimum to get uh, your life by, mm-hmm. keep low material desire, distance uh, yourself from competition for fame and wealth and i guess it also embodies a kind of rejection of a lifestyle featuring very fierce or constant competition at workplace or anywhere (laughs) anywhere else Mm. but really i think that's not necessarily the case because um Many of the young people I have personally seen or have personally worked with, they're very, very hardworking, you know, even way more hardworking than people in my age. Well, we were young. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the current, the oh, current okay. me as well. I mean, um, they're hardworking. They're ambitious. They, they want to have certain achievement. And I think this kind of perception is also inconsistent with some of the surveys conducted by some organizations. For example, 
according to a survey conducted by Changkong Graduate School of Business here in China. Nearly half of the Gen Z respondents in this particular survey believe that self-improvement through learning and further education is the most important short-term goal within the next、uh, three years or five years.、Mm. So, yeah, it tells a lot, really. Yeah, and the reason that we're talking about this label is because it's not exclusive to Chinese younger generation. Because after the word "lying flat" went viral on Chinese internet, actually the hashtag "bad rotting" or "rotting in bed" or "rot in bed" started to become a slang term that refers to the commonly depressive act. Activity or sitting or lying in bed all day doing nothing kind of gesture or kind of meme was also very popular on all the Western、uh, media or social media as well, right? I think that empl- employees have always been frustrated. I think that social media definitely paints a pretty、um, interesting picture that we haven't had before, and we must remember that social media usually ref- reflects. A lot of the most extreme and negative circumstances, right? Because、mm. we're talking basically about、um, creating content that is attractive, that's provocative,、um, that. And although there might be like so many hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of likes and interactions with a certain meme, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's reflective, an accurate reflection of what most Gen Z are doing, right? It's just more of a an accurate reflection of how they feel and how their generation feels. I think that. Gen Z. I think it would be really wrong to assume that Gen Z is necessarily less hardworking,、mm-hmm. right? I think that definitely their requirements and what attracts them to certain types of employment is very different. Yeah, and I I think that that one thing that is maybe similar to social media or that social media has given us one of the few positive things that I can think of with social media is that it makes things slightly more transparent. Not everything. But it certainly means that this generation expects more transparency in the workplace, and transparency can come about in many ways. One of one way I think is not wasting their time. I think that Gen Z definitely want very clear working hours, and they want a good life work life balance、um, and a, a less toxic workplace. Or they'll see that as toxic.、Mm. Um, and、uh, so I think this is one one reason. But I, I think there's just a, a lot of differences in. Um, what Gen Z want from a working environment compared to previous generations? That is a good, very interesting observation because another label, another statement we have here is that young people nowadays want to rewrite the rules of workplace. Like Josh has already mentioned, they want a better working environment. They do not want to work overtime. They do not even respect certain quote unquote working etiquette. Is that true? Yeah, that's also a pretty complicated question to provide an answer, <laughs>、mm. to accurate answer. In my personal judgment or personal observation, that's not necessarily true. But indeed, from these、uh, Gen Z coworkers or the so-called post two thousands generation coworkers, I do see a lot of momentum. A more desire for respect towards the younger generation. You need to, you know, as a so-called senior worker or a veteran worker in your workplace, you need to put away your condescending attitudes. Always keep on this kind of behavior regarding, say. 
Uh, a senior a worker always keep on lecturing the younger generation of、mm. your coworkers. I mean, that's in and of itself not a healthy thing in the workplace, right? To start with. So in that sense, I think、um, those kind of、um, dynamics, new dynamics, and momentum injected by these younger generation of coworkers is actually a very good thing.、Um, They make your workplace more dynamic. They increase a kind of healthy competition. You know, even some of my some of the bosses I have personally worked with, they they very much value this kind of、uh, work ethics or work culture. That simply because you are a so-called senior worker here at a particular workplace, doesn't necessarily mean that you are more capable than the younger generation. Right. <laughs> yeah, and also we have a survey done by E Magazine. It says that about twenty-five percent of respondents born in the two thousands admit they are trying to quote unquote rewrite the rules of workplace. However, another forty-two percent say they have never seen a peer taking similar actions. So it's still a case by case situation. And in the meantime, I think it depends on what kind of rules are they rewriting. If it's working overtime for no good reason, if it's cannot I cannot leave the Office unless my supervisor leaves. These kind of rules mean not a lot in terms of productivity in workplace, in terms of whether or not you actually respect your colleagues or coworkers or even bosses. It's just、um, rotten rules that needs to be left in the history. In that sense, I believe it's kind of a good thing. Yeah, exactly. I、uh, hear、uh, it, it's actually what you have、uh, elaborated, Nuno. Actually, reminds me of a an individual story I have read from media reports.、Mm-hmm. A twenty two year old new college graduate, a girl, during her job interview, she agreed to a, a salary and a set of you know work related responsibilities with a Shenzhen based company. But when her first payday really arrived. Her income, her salary, had been reduced by several thousand yuan, and because her manager told her she wasn't skilled enough to be making that much of a salary, even though, according to her own account, she was doing everything required of her and discussed in her job interview in the first place. So, I guess the company expected. This girl to quietly shut up and accept <laughs> that level of a lower salary, but no, she didn't.、Way. Instead, she hired a lawyer, filed a lawsuit, and、um, in the end, she won this particular lawsuit. And that's a pretty inspiring story because、uh, this kind of、uh, salary-based bullying against a newcomer in the workplace is ethically and morally wrong in the first place, right? Yes, definitely. That is a very interesting story. And one trend I noticed these days is that many young bloggers on social media started to share different kinds of tiny little trivial knowledge about how to protect your lawful rights. For example, if you have certain 
quarrel or disagreement with your company. They tell you what specific clause in the labor law you should follow if your company, for example, force you to transfer to a position that you do not like or you do not agree with in the contract, or if the company is trying to force you to resign instead of fire you, so they do not have to give you the corresponding compensation. And the these kind of videos would show. Uh, people, how to deal with these situations, and also when it comes to, for example, things like signing a contract with certain business owners. Say you're decorating your house and you're signing a contract with this company. Most often, these kind of Agreements or these kind of contract can be very complicated with a lot of details, a lot of articles, and these short videos would tell you what are some things that you should notice, you should pick on, and you should learn about what are certain traps that you might fall into. And this also goes to little details in life. For example, if you went to a restaurant and the restaurant charge you with a tableware fee, you do not have to pay the tableware fee according to law. You can actually. Ask the restaurant to return you or refund that. That's not a lot of money, but I see these kind of spirit in the group of young people that they are meticulous when it comes to protect their own lawfully rights, and they have high self-esteem. They do not want the company to bully them, and they have law as their tool to protect themselves. And I see all that not in the sense that they are trying to rewrite rules of maybe the workplace or the society, but they are learning to protect. Them in a very early age in the right way, and I am super proud of them. And the next line or next statement I have here is that、um, there is the saying that young people, when it comes to consumption, can be quite careless or a little bit not rational enough. I'm going to start this one with Josh. Do you think young people, including yourself, you're young, when it comes to spending, what are some typical situations you see or witness with the younger generation in the society? In, for example, UK. Sure, I, I'm not sure if I'm as young as you think I am, but thank you for saying so. I, I think that.、Um, yeah, I, I mean, consumption habits certainly are a lot different. I think that. When we talk about consumption habits and something like food and being wasteful, I think that that's not necessarily a product like representative only from Gen Z. I think that that's just more of a trend that's going on with the increasing personalization of consumer preferences when it comes to things like food, which I think Gen Z are probably more. Involved with the newer trends、um, in this regard, but I, I, one thing that I have found is some interesting studies.、Uh, I found an interesting study by Glassdoor, which is one of the biggest、uh, employment websites in the world in the West, and it's called Glassdoor because the idea from the title is that it gives you a window into all of these companies, and you can, for example, read reviews of certain companies、um, from former employees. Um, you can see their age. You can try and see how clear it is about salary, things like this. And so their so their studies, and it's massive. They have millions of users. So their studies are pretty interesting. And one study found specifically about Gen Z、um, that they're quite interested to work for companies that provide free food.、Um, now, I guess you've got to be careful how much you take away from this. But for me, I would also like that. And I guess one of the reasons is because I value 
nutrition. And we know that Gen Z are actually much more health conscious than any previous generation when they were younger. We've talked about this on the show before about how maybe social media plays a part in this. So free food often these days, if a company provides it, I think a lot of the time they're supposed to provide some sort of nutritional balance in a lot of the companies, maybe not all of them. Um, But I think this is something that Gen Z values. Um, And yeah, from this study, they really value free workplace lunches because they can eat together with their coworkers. They see it as a moment to engage more with their company. Um, And yeah, I, I don't know. I just find this really interesting because it's also something that I really value, although it's kind of difficult for me to truly articulate why. I I don't know if you guys, would you care about having free food at work? Yeah, I think I would care if that's something that is available for free. Why not enjoy it? Yeah, and in the meantime, I think one reason that people care about having free food or actually having a canteen in the workplace is because many young people do not want to spend that much time in cooking or in these kind of house chore that they don't particularly enjoy. And one trend here in China in 2023 is so the kind of doing the bare minimum to get by kind of mentality among the young people. And this kind of mentality actually is demonstrated in cooking as well. Some people started to say they wanted to have white people food in a jokingly way because uh, compared to the Chinese food that you need to cook quite a lot with a lot of time to cook or to stew, actually the quote-unquote or hashtag white people food is meant to, you know, bewilder many people in China with its no frills, no fuss kind of nature. And that's why a lot of young people started to enjoy the white people food quite so much. They do not want to spend so much time in cooking. And maybe it's the same mentality when it comes to having a canteen or having free food in their workplace. And this kind of does not only apply for cooking. Actually, some people say after enjoying several times of special for style travel that we have already also discussed on Roundtable. It's the kind of traveling that you hit so many different places in a relatively short period of time. So it's kind of like compress the travel experience. Some young people said that they felt too tired. So they decided to make the whole process even more streamlined. For example, they would hire a taxi and go to this place that they want to visit. And within the car, they have a glance through the window. If they don't like what they see, they would just ask the driver to go to the next stop spot. So instead of actually traveling, they're browsing traveling in a way. So this is also a do the bare minimum kind of way of traveling. But again, that is also due to the nature that they're being a little bit lazy in a bad way, but really time concerned or being economical (laughs) in a good way. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of the Chinese idiom, Oh, yeah, riding on a horse, watching the flowers Mm -hmm. pass by. Uh, you don't see the scenery uh, in detail by yourself, but taking a glance is enough for you. But yeah, I think really the, the fact that matter is that today's uh, young people, either in China or elsewhere, I think they do save money. This idea that they are overspending on luxury items is probably a little bit stereotypical. Uh, yeah, stereotypical. And, and because according to a 2019 survey, 
conducted by Australian financial services company Spaceship. People in their twenties are financially irresponsible, according to this report or survey. This kind of stereotype is really mistaken because、uh, the data from this、uh, survey shows that at least 65% of Australians born between 1990 and 1999 had started saving money as soon as they entered the workforce. The survey results revealed that more than half of the people in their 20s are saving at least 10 to 20% of their income. And I think talking about say online buzzwords in China, another vocabulary seems to be very interesting. Pingti, ah, you know, sure, it means buying cheaper substitutes, basically, namely products of similar quality, yet with lower prices. It has become a trend for young people in China. They are not only doing it to save money, but also for a kind of um. New trend or new fashion, a, a kind of a self satisfaction. Because on lifestyle app Xiaohongshu, there are over 1.95 million posts about cheaper substitutes, and I think it's not only about, you know, say shopping in the shopping mall. It's also related in one way or another. To like tourism, like traveling, there is also pingti in the tourism industry.、Mm-hmm. Very interesting. For for example, instead of traveling to Jiujiegou, a famed tourism spot in the Sichuan province, some young people locally have chosen to visit、uh, Moniguo, which is also a similar spot in the Sichuan province, but with a、uh, way cheaper ticket prices. <laughs> That's good. I mean, less travelers, not as crowded and cheaper. I would opt for that as well. <laughs> and on roundtable, we talked about young people stopped wanted to shop in the upper floors of shopping malls. Instead, they wanted to shop in the B one or B two, the underground、yeah. kind of area of the shopping mall because it's cheaper. And for these floors, it's not the luxurious goods that dominate all the shop. Shopping shelves, and I think after that discussion, I started to visit quite sometimes of the B one, B two, and I was intrigued. There are a lot of really fun stuff in those areas, and I became one of the B one, B two shopper myself. But I was wondering, in the Western world, in Europe or in UK. Young people are they also abandoning the consumerism kind of spirit and started to focus on the quality, on what they truly desire deeply from the bottom of their of their heart, and rather than what's been advertised. Um. Well, I'm not sure if the consumer spirit has been reduced necessarily, but I definitely think that there's a desire for different, a different type of shopping, a different type of consumer experience, which I guess. This different kind of experience could reflect、um, a more skeptical look at the way products are sold. I think that just because of the vast array of products that you can get now, especially because e-commerce basically allows you to personalize almost any product you want to your specific preferences, right?、Um, and I think that cons- the consumer, especially Gen Z, wants this as well. That maybe they are a bit more savvy or a bit more careful. In the way that they purchase products, again, also it, it appears as though Gen Z are focused on other things that are arguably different to buying physical products. Things like health,、uh, 
um, fitness, uh, spirituality, and things like this. So some of the the real positives that have come away from sort of social media and um, these new trends. So I, I guess that there's that argument to be made. But I think in, in the West still there's a massive amount of consumerism. I just think that the type of product has changed and that maybe some of these products are arguably, you know, more sustainable. A lot of products that uh, there's a big market for more sustainable products these days. And again, as I said, products around wellness and health. So there's still a big market for stuff. I guess <laughs> that the stuff might just be slightly different. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, young people the reason we're discussing this is because we want to make sure or want to discuss whether or not this batch of young people in 2023 are different from the previous generations of young people or just the other age groups. And I think at the end of the day, maybe discussing this trend can be fun, but maybe they are not that different. They may emerge with new uh, characteristics, but they value similar things and we can continue to see what young people are grown to, which direction would they go in the future of Roundtable.